The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus spoke to his disciples about the end which is to come. In those days, after the time of suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. As we near the end of the liturgical year, the Church focuses our attention on the end times, the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. We have as our Gospel, Mark chapter 13, but just a snippet of that chapter. And the problem is, if you just read today's Gospel, it seems very confusing. So let me bring it into a wider context. The entire chapter 13 in Mark's Gospel takes place on the Mount of Olives. Jesus is there with his four disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, and the Mount of Olives overlooks the temple. And the disciples say to Jesus, look at this building and the great stones that comprise it. And they're marveling over the temple. And Jesus says, right at the beginning of the chapter, you see this temple, but I tell you, not one stone will be left on another. All will be torn down. And the disciples want to know, when will this happen? And Jesus spends the rest of the chapter basically outlining the answer. But within that answer, he also weaves into it a whole other dimension of the end of the world. So there's basically two tracks of time going on in that chapter. Let me just now focus on today's gospel with that in mind. It says that Jesus spoke to his disciples about the end which is to come. In those days, after the time of suffering, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. That little paragraph is specifically relating to the temple. The temple for the Jews was everything. It was the center of the universe. In fact, in the temple, if you were to go in, you would see embroidered on the temple veil planets and stars and constellations. The seven lights of the menorah lamp symbolized the sun, the moon, and the five known planets. For the Jews, the temple was the whole cosmos in miniature because it was the meeting place between God and man. The concentrated presence of God right there in the temple in the Holy of Holies. 
So when Jesus says that the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, he's referring to the Roman army coming in and absolutely destroying the temple. And all of the large stones coming down like the stars and the whole universe at an end. Because for the Jews, that was everything, that temple. Now that's the one track. And when we get a little later down in today's gospel, then Jesus says, truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Now, at that time, a generation was 40 years. Jesus was making this prophecy in the year 33 AD. The Roman army came in and destroyed the temple and the entire city of Jerusalem in 70 AD, which means that Jesus' prophecy came true. Within that generation, there was obliteration of the temple and Jerusalem. A million Jews died. It was terrible. It was an end of an age. Actually, the old covenant came to an end because there was no longer any temple sacrifices. And in fact, the temple has never been rebuilt. If you go to Jerusalem today, and you go to that very spot, you don't see a temple. You see a mosque. That's the degree of the tragedy that happened that Jesus prophesied about in today's gospel. The second tract, though, he says, heaven and earth will pass away. Now that's the end of the world. But then he says, about that hour or day, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus is speaking in his human nature. He does not know the hour, but of course, he's also divine. And in his divinity, he does know. The good news, though, in this gospel is right at the center. Here's what Jesus says. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Who is the Son of Man? It's the actual reference back to today's book of Daniel in the Old Testament. In that chapter 7, although the first reading today is chapter 12, but if you were to look at chapter 7, Daniel has a vision of the Ancient of Days with thousands of angels and saints around him giving him glory. And then one like the Son of Man comes to the Ancient of Days, and the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father, confers on the Son all kingdoms forever and ever, all power and glory. So Jesus now is claiming that title, Son of Man. He is the Son of Man. And what he's telling us is that at the end of our world, whether it's our death, in which we will have the particular judgment, or the end of time, the Son of Man will send out his angels and gather the elect from the four winds. We are the elect. That's the good news. And it's not because of something that we deserved or did by ourselves. We were brought into the elect through our baptism, a great glorious sacrament. And so long as we maintain grace, sanctifying grace, and we cooperate with that favor of God, then the Son of Man is with us. And he's actually here today, right now, especially in the Eucharist. When it says that 
he will send out the angels to gather his elect from the four winds. Angel really means here a ministering spirit. In the first instance, it was the apostles that were sent out. When Jesus was ministering, he sent his apostles and then the 70. And then, of course, after his death and resurrection, the church sent out all of these evangelists to gather in the peoples from all pagan societies and bring them into the church. That's going on today, and we're part of that. We are the elect, and we're called to be like the angels, ministering spirits, gathering the elect from all walks of life. When we go to the first reading, as I mentioned, Daniel chapter 12, this is confirmed. It says, at that time, your people, now this is an angel speaking because Daniel's having a vision, and an angel says to Daniel, at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And he's referring to the book of life. We are in the book of life, again, through our baptism and our continued cooperation with God's grace. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Again, that's our mission. Because we've been given this grace of being the elect, we're now called to shine like the stars in heaven. The stars in heaven is a reference to like celestial beings in heaven. That's where we're going. That's where we're headed. But for now, we're called to lead many to righteousness by our words, our actions, our life, our kindness, our love, our forgiveness. And then the responsorial psalmist chimes in and says, this is how we know that we're still in the elect. He says, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. So no matter what else is happening, what else is being shaken or taken down, we won't be moved because we're in God's grace and we have God's spirit in us, which gives us that security and peace that God will bring us with him into eternal life. The psalmist goes on to say, you show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's the hope we have in these readings as we come to the end of the liturgical year. Now, if you were just to read the gospel, it would seem frightening, all these images of destruction. But it's actually good news. This is a hopeful message. And it's confirmed in the second reading from the letter to the Hebrews. It says, by one single offering, Christ has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. What is that one single offering for all time? It's Jesus' death on the cross, which had that transition from the Old Testament into the New. Remember what Jesus said, destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. So he's making the transition from the physical temple that was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD, and now he has raised the temple up in his body which is the church, which is us. Again, good news. We can participate in this single offering of the cross by being here at Mass. 
Because the Mass, as you know, this is Catholic teaching, is a sacrifice. And we are joining our lives, our sacrifices, the way that we love, sacrificially, our sufferings, our labor, the money we put in the collection basket, everything is brought to the altar and joined to Christ, who is offering himself to the Father continually. Not a bloody sacrifice now, but still a sacrifice, and we're called to join it. As we do, again, we are made secure, and we're then being sent. At the end of Mass, we're told to go out and to proclaim the good news. So it's a wonderful set of readings. I just wanted to leave you with that hope that even though things are being shaken today, and they certainly are, we are not afraid. In fact, we are commissioned to go out and to proclaim who the Son of Man is and how one can become the elect. And we're taking them by the hand and bringing them to church and saying, here is the true temple that God has raised up. We're the body of Christ. Just one last thought. Even though, everything I said, we can still find our own inner world shaken and coming apart. Maybe not through our fault, maybe just circumstances, the loss of a loved one, or maybe broken marriage, or loss of employment, something sudden that happens, illnesses, for example, and all of a sudden we're kind of in a dark night of the soul. So even though we can experience that inner cataclysm of the heart, we still know that God is with us. And the promises that he made in today's gospel are meant for us so that we are not fearful. Rather, we join our sufferings and our sacrifices to Christ, and we are hopeful and we are secure, and deep down we're at peace. That's the joy of the gospel. That's the good news. Let us rejoice and be glad that God has laid down his life through Christ and now raised us up as his new temple, his new body, bringing the good news to every person that we meet.